Welcome to season two of the Melrose Place cast. I'm Mary, and I'm here to convince my friend Teach that Melrose Place is a trashy, trashy soap opera, and that's perfectly okay. Uh, I'm Teach. I'm here to convince my good friend Mary that this show counts as high art for the generations, a time capsule into the future, and the future is now. The future is indeed now. And you know what's great is this is not a recap podcast because we're too busy having all these intellectual debates. Yes, we highly recommend that you pair us with your rewatch of Melrose Place. It will um, enhance the artistic integrity of the show. Mm, I guess that's one way to put it. You know, I can't believe we've made it to season two already. How far along are we in the grand scheme of things? Uh, we're about uh, 11%. That seems lower than I would like. Well, there's the seven seasons, plus the reboot season. Oh, God. Uh, this season had the lowest number of episodes. I guess that's forward to. And we only had five special episodes in season one, so season two is going to get longer. Oh, boy. Buckle up. Hello and welcome to the Melrose Place Cast, which is the name of this podcast. Today we're talking about season two, episode 20, called Parting Glances. I'm Mary. Parting Glances. I'm Teej. We have a special guest today. Michelle hey. Obama. It is not Michelle Obama. Not Michelle Obama. Holy crap. How do we do that? <laughs> it, you know what? It sounds a lot like Gail. Mary, is it Gail? The, the guest you always bring when it's your turn? I don't know. She said she's Michelle Obama. I have no reason not to believe her. Please get right. 30 minutes of exercise every day. <laughs> you we know did. what? Listen, she I've never forgiven her for making us have smaller pieces of pumpkin pie. Or smaller pieces of pizza. Don't I know it? I love pizza, too, because I'm Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to talk about Melrose Place, not pizza. Wow. Uh, Okay. <laughs> and I here's the thing. It's season two. It's episode twenty. We're like we're deep in now, right? We're all in on Melrose Place. And would you believe it? I found a couple examples that makes this show qualify as high art for the generations. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a surprise! I'm pretty surprised actually at that. <laughs> Gail, you were you were more on the side of high art when we first started this in season one, but you've been slipping. So I'm going to need well, you to work on that. I'm sorry. I don't know if we watched the same episode this time. Steve, well, let me, let me, this one let, me rough. let me give you the teaser on the two examples that I have, because I think I'm going to win the day. All right. The, the first one um, is we had a conversation, a weird one. And then the second example of high art for the generations is whatever happened to plants and casseroles? Mm. And I don't get a third okay. example this week. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm I am looking forward to hearing those. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, and now's the time. So I'll start with the first one, um, which is <laughs> whatever happened to plants and casseroles. All right. So that's a quote from our good friend Billiam, right? Um, so Billy has moved to New York City because he accidentally took a job in New York. I was going to ask for a little background on that because I was like, why the fuck is he in New York? It was an accident, but <laughs> fine. So Billy has taken a job in New York. He moves out there and he's having phone 
connectivity issues. So he can't talk to Allison as much, but he meets a new friend at work is trying to hook him up with all these models, these uh, New York city models, because I guess he thinks that in LA, Billy didn't have, wasn't around model. I don't <laughs> understand. But this guy is clearly offering to hook Billy up on party dates, right? And he says, look, I'm part of the welcoming committee. To which Billy sounded like everybody's grandma when he said, whatever happened to plants and casseroles? <laughs> so a couple things here. One, this is indicative of the fact that Billy is spending entirely too much time with Allison. Because that, that came from her, that <laughs> statement, for sure. Um, but I thought this was reflective of the human experience because of the frequency <laughs> with which... What? What? You didn't even let me say it. it. You say this every time. It's always indicative of the human experience. Every it, single time I'm on this podcast, that's your yes, reason. Yes, <laughs> it is indicative of the human experience. That's the point. But this is why this particular <laughs> storyline is indicative of the human experience. And it has to do with what's going around on social media right now and probably forever after, right? So here we are. It's November 8th. You know, we're all chilly outside drinking caramel apple cider. And the teens in the world are doing the new TikTok challenge. Have you guys heard of the TikTok challenge in the bathroom? Is it November 8th? It's November 8th. I haven't. Yeah. Well, apparently what the teens are doing on TikTok, the new TikTok challenge is to go into your school bathroom and vandalize it, if not outright steal fixtures. <laughs> and get out of the school with a sink, right? Okay. Reasonable. Okay. So now we have the age-old situation where people, my generation, who did terrible things when we were teenagers, stupid, dumb, ridiculous things, now going online and being like, oh my God, kids today, they don't understand. This is so weird. We would have never done anything like that, which of course is bullshit. And our parents said this about us. And these kids are going to say it about their kids. It's a story as old as time. Each generation looking at the one that comes after it and thinking, what is wrong with you guys? And that's what Billy was trying to channel when he said, instead of just trying to hook me up on a sex date with a New York City model, you should just get me a nice pasta bake with broccoli in it. <laughs> so did I win you over, Gail? I'm going to say no. I, although I do... I will that one quote was high art it is wonderful great quote <laughs> but your reasoning behind it brings it down for me man gail if you had to re-argue it for me what would what would your reasoning be that we love casseroles like <laughs> and plants come on we are millennials and don't even argue with me Tej. you are also one and our thing right now instead of having children we just have a lot of fucking plants you know, yeah. we just want plants. And then who doesn't love a hot dish? I know he said casserole. He's fucked up, but we love a hot dish. <laughs> we love having cozy fall girl. I think it's called Christian girl fall where you have your little vest and flannel. Um, what? <laughs> it's, it's the thing going around on social media right now on November mm. 8th to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we love having a good casserole and soup. Mm, but not too hot. Not too hot. No. 
No. So that's my reasoning for your quote being high art, but I just don't think you argued it correctly. Yeah, no, your reasoning is busted. I wouldn't make that argument. <laughs> busted. <laughs> Damn. I put my whole bussy into it. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Well, that was the best I could come up with for my first uh, first <laughs> attempt. Oh, Mary, did you oh. see anything that was trashy this week? Wow, I managed to find a couple things. What are the chances? How? You know, it's just, I, I pay really close attention. You know, I really mine the program for information. It takes zero to... Uh, I called this one to steal a quote from Billy to describe his plotline with Allison. This is so stupid. Uh... I'll, I'll try to convince this. Alice, Billy, like you said, he's out in New York. Allison's leaving for work and bumps into Amanda. And she's kind of pouty because she hasn't heard from Billy. His phone doesn't work. And she's like being defensive. And Amanda's kind of surface level nice. She's like, you know, I'm sure he's just really busy. He's getting to know a new city. And Allison looks pissed off. Uh, we see Billy get a corner office at his new job. <laughs> oh, okay. And then he's told, oh, you also have an assistant you share, an expense account, and catered staff meetings every Monday morning. Catered? I don't think so. I'm sorry. No. Okay. Uh, you've, you've been burned by your most recent job, Mary. <laughs> at best, they're getting, like, some donuts. At best. And that I wouldn't complain if I got them. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> the guy you brought up, whose name I never got who's trying to introduce him to models is like asking about Allison. And she, he says, is she business or pleasure? And I, <laughs> she is neither. Uh, <laughs> Mary, that is so rude. Mary, no. that is beneath you. Is it? I don't know. Uh, we see Allison that night. She's listening to her answering machine and Billy keeps calling. And then Jane of all people comes in and says, she's been moping too much. So she's going to take her to shoot her. And then, of course, Billy calls right when she leaves, and then so they miss each other again. Uh, the next day's skeezy coworker is showing them pictures of models. Uh, Billy's like, "I have a girlfriend," and the guy is like, "Do you really think she's just sitting at home waiting for you to call?" I mean, she literally was until Jane took her to shooters. Uh, Allison, we see her at work with Amanda, and Allison runs to her desk, and Amanda picks up the phone when it rings, and of course, it's Billy, and he asks for Allison, but Amanda's like, "Oh, she just stepped away," and they hang up. And she gets back and she tells Allison he calls. And Allison's like, you didn't ask him to hold? <laughs> oh, rude. Uh, we see Billy again at his apartment. And they finally connect on the phone. And listen, I am all down. Oh, God. Yes. Here we go. I am down with the comfy fall or whatever Gail just called the, the young people. <laughs> but Allison is wearing my grandma's jogging pants straight out of the Sunday coupon circular. <laughs> Holy uh, I remember this has caught my attention in the past. I also own jogging pants, so I'm not judging. It's just it's such a because <laughs> then they start trying to own sex. He's <laughs> just dressed like my grandma, and it's very uncomfortable for me. And he starts being a bitch, and he's like, "Well, we're on opposite coasts. What can we do besides phone sex?" And it's practical, and this is how she wanted it. And she's like, "I didn't want this. You took a job and moved." But and it he, was an accident. It, they, I guess. I guess. He blames her because she said the long distance thing would work. And he's like, obviously it doesn't. And she's like, excuse me for being an adult. I was trying to support your career. He says, don't do me any favors. And then there's silence. And she's like, well, I got to go. So can we talk later? And he's like, whatever. <laughs> it's like, 
why are you together? I don't understand. The next day, Allison sees Amanda at work. And Amanda asks if she needs to talk because, quote, it doesn't take a therapist to figure out you and Billy are having relationship troubles. And Allison's like, you know, everything's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong. Amanda is like, you don't have to pretend with me. It's perfectly understandable how you feel. Isolated, like Billy slipping away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Allison's like, well, okay. And Amanda continues, ordinarily, I'm not one for giving advice, but it seems to me Billy... Face, he'll only appreciate you more. Uh, and Amanda's like, That's what I would do, just take it easy. And the minute Amanda loses her room, Allison picks up the phone and books a plane ticket that night. Yeah, I appreciated <laughs> that. That was the right answer. And then we finally come to the dramatic conclusion Allison walking up to Billy's door, he opens it and she's so excited. But then his new friend Andrea peeps around the corner and she's like, Hi. And then Allison's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> and he follows her, he says, You just got here. And she says, you have other plans. And she's, he's like, she's just a friend. She came up to see the view, which totally sounds like bullshit. So much bullshit. And she's like, I, I'm out of here. And he digs in his heels like an asshole. And he's like, you're crazy. You flew 3,000 miles. And you're just going to turn and leave. And she's like, you're right. I flew here to tell you something. We're through, Billy. And he goes, this is so stupid. Like a little kid. And I laugh. And she gets mad. And then she leaves. And then. He just stands there and he's such a bad actor. It's like he's smiling, but then it's like someone off camera is like, no, you're supposed to be upset. And so he tries to turn. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, how did it get even more annoying? They were already an annoying couple and it's gotten so much worse. I know this storyline will last for a while. How many more weeks do I have to endure this? Uh, I loved the moments with Amanda because those were very funny and very subtle for Amanda, the way she was inserting. Mm-hmm in and being kind of an asshole um i loved the the second she got done giving allison the pep talk that allison booked a plane ticket that was really funny (laughs) do you think amanda was legitimately trying to give good advice or do you think she was trying to sabotage her and a side question could it be a combination of both because she knows allison and billy are going to screw it up anyway is she just toying with them I think Amanda was genuine. I think Amanda would have given Billy space. I don't know. I don't, I have to say, listen, I'm here for this is maybe my fifth time watching this. <laughs> um, and I don't like her. I don't trust the bitch. I Amanda? Was trying. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. But <laughs> I can see why you would. Take that as a however you want. Oh my god! (laughs) I do not trust her. I could hold on. We're not done. We're we're coming back there. What? Okay, because as you were talking, Gail, I wasn't listening. I was instead thinking, and what I was thinking was, well, I don't trust her so much as feel inspired by her. And then for you to (laughs) come out and say that, you're not wrong. I just want to know what you mean. I I. Tiege, I've known you for a while now. Yeah. And at Since least I was five 22, six years, yeah. Of our... Six years. I, th- I thought you were only 25. <laughs> and we've known each other six years, Tiege. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I remember, remember, when you remember, have be, so remember much at fun. the prom. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I... Fine. You know what? I'm in a different state. You're a little shady, too, Tiege. <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> I think that's why you like Amanda. You're both a little shady. I, I'm sorry. I'm not the arsonist. 
Oh wow, we're we're going back. I don't even. I don't even know what that means. So. Yeah, because you don't listen to the show. This is a recurring <laughs> theme, Gail. It's not in episode 10, 20, or 30 in season one, or 10 or 20 in season no. two, so I do not see the theme. It's an ongoing I do because Mary is regularly accused of arson, and she, she I'd say, defends herself too much to it. I think she goes protest too much. Well, you know what theme I do see, though? What? Amanda being a little bitch. Being a little shady bitch. <laughs> she that. And also, I do not do arson. I know. I believe you. Thank you. <laughs> Gil, you were there that Halloween. I I have never spent a Halloween with you. I was trying to this year, but you already declined my invite. So <laughs> the, when when that building burned in town? Oh fuck, I forgot about that. What yeah. a good Halloween. Yeah, yeah. So uh you can you can defend Mary all you want, but you were there when that building burned. <laughs> yeah, I was well, I was with Mary and I know that she didn't burn it. <laughs> anyway. Thank you for defending my honor. Of course. Anytime. You're welcome. <laughs> well, Gail, uh, I am now up to make my own high art for the generations point, but I think um, I would like to concede the time to you to hear you say what you thought was the most artistic part of this week's episode. Uh, yes. Let me find it. I did. Um, high art. Okay. I just, I have to go with Matt. Okay. Matt, uh, in most of it, I, okay. I'm going to start off with the beginning that I watch. I always watch the opening credits and I did, I was under the impression that Matt had left. So I was wondering why he was in the credits, but then I found out he's still in the show. Um, yes. Which I'm happy about. We need the diversity. Um, he in <laughs> There was only one scene that I did not like him, and that was when he was with Michael in the hospital. He obviously did some shady shit with Michael. I don't know what accident there was. I I think Kimberly died. I can't remember who Kimberly is. I need to make a. <gasps> I need to figure this out. She the redhead that isn't Sydney. Yeah. The one that yeah. he broke up with Joe for. Okay, he killed Jane. Her. Jane. 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 Sorry, not Joe. Joe's. Mm-hmm. Have yes. Now, look, this is not a recap podcast, but just a quick catch up. Um, uh, Michael and Jane got divorced because Jane kept, kept catching Michael having an affair with Kimberly. Um, yeah. Then Kimberly and Michael broke up because Michael slept with Sydney, Jane's little sister. Mm-hmm. And okay. then Michael and Kimberly made This is all in the last 10 episodes, by the way. And then Michael and Kimberly <laughs> made up and got engaged. And the night they got engaged, Michael drove drunk and crashed and killed Kimberly. Hmm. And then and she's dead. She's dead. She's dead yeah. and not coming back. She definitely won't come back. No, she's dead. Well, and then it seems like Matt replaced some blood records. Yes. Uh, Michael uh, found out that the police were going to investigate whether or not he was drunk driving. And he said to Matt, I need you to, the, Matt, the social worker, I need you to break into the computer system and change my blood alcohol record because the new legal limits are so low. Even though I was fine to drive, they'll try and get me in trouble. And Matt somehow had access to the the MS DOS computer system that uh, kept blood records. So my first my first question about all of this was mm-hmm. why the fuck 
Matt would ever do that for Michael because Michael doesn't even live at Melrose Place anymore. Am I wrong with that? He doesn't live there. Uh, Michael does Matt is, even live he, there? Uh, yeah, Matt does. Um, he does. He did with his wife. Um, but then <laughs> Michael, Matt, Matthew, Matthew, yes. Matt yeah. lived yeah. there with his wife. I don't yeah. understand what's confusing here, Mary. <laughs> can you, Mary, can you, whatever, what did I do wrong? I confused um, Gail. We didn't talk about Katya, Matt's wife. Yeah. Well, I mentioned her and Gail's freaking out at me. Oh, uh, yeah. Matt got married to help a Russian lady get a green card, but then the- a hot Russian intern. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, she had a very cute child who was played by that little girl from Mrs. Doubtfire, who's super cute. And then they they moved back to Russia. And so as far as we know, technically, Matt is still married to her because we have not heard yet. Matt's married to a hot Russian intern. Yeah. (laughs) I might, you know, go into this. I thought he was my high art. This seems messy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to interrupt your flow. Go with your high art point. Yeah, sorry. I did, so my two like my two notes about him there so to give context on this that he was on a date with a man from the military at I assume shooters playing fucking ding dong what is that called um pool <laughs> no oh. they were playing the one uh that you all oh, right pinball thank you yeah oh, pinball they were playing pinball <laughs> I'm gonna I know. <laughs> um and i thought i was like great i love this this sounds nice um and then (laughs) then my i did write that matt should probably not date republicans because yes yeah everybody should not date republican yes but it yes but But especially matt yes i didn't think matt should but then this little sweet little angel of a man was so kind and pure to apologize for something he even do. He just was like, why are you in the military if, you know, you can't be your true self? And this, whatever his name is, um, got so, oh, Jeffrey. Forgot about that. His name is Jeffrey. Jeffrey got so <laughs> upset and stormed off. And I was like, Matt was like, went out of his way to be so nice. And Jeffrey's just an asshole. Um, and uh, uh, but then it turns out so Jeffrey went and told you know that told this man that is like his father but not his father I was confused about that little thing the other man in the military that he is gay um, and he was fine with it but then the next day they decided to transfer him and it could be unrelated but he doesn't know because he did put in for a transfer months ago and so now he has to go to the east coast uh and so he came to the hospital to find matt and say goodbye and instead of the most immediate question which is what is going to happen with us when you go to the west to the east coast because they had just had this very sweet little hand-holding moment that you couldn't really see. Um, <laughs> but it was implied that these two, I think they were also implying that both of them are gay. Um, it was implied that they were holding hands. Uh, and Jeffrey was like, I doesn't really want you to know the real me. Um, but now he's transferred to the East Coast. And that was so sweet. He was like, oh my gosh, are you going to be okay on the East Coast? So sweet, so caring, asking about this new base. 
not really caring about the relationship in like a very like honest, pure way of like, I want to put you first. Um, and Jeffrey just seemed really scared. I just thought Matt overall, his emotional intelligence in this episode was just 10 out of 10. He was doing great. So I do think that he is some high art. I agree. And I'm excited to hear Mary say he's not. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would agree of the, like the four storylines, this was the most um, grounded and, you know, I like Matt. I always like Matt. Sometimes he annoys me a little bit, but I like Matt. So yeah, he's high art this week. I didn't love his outfits. No. That wasn't very, it wasn't great. I also am confused as why every single person, I don't know if this is a 90s thing. I don't drink coffee either. Maybe it's a coffee thing. But like people come over before work. They're fully fucking dressed with a full ass pot of coffee. And like, oh, would you like to stay for a cup? Like, don't you have somewhere to be? (laughs) Confused about that. It's unrealistic in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -mm. Listen, this was this was high art. Uh, I think for sure the portrayal. I mean, they're they're doing this as a very special episode of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, Melrose Place, right? They're trying to deliver some social commentary, um, but I think they also um, by accident captured some of the lived experience of gay men, specifically in the '90s. Um, when you know, Mary and I last week were talking about the the idea of if you were in a relationship with someone, would you even hold their hand at work or right, like that type of thing. Mm. Um, I don't, I think they got it right in the night for what it was like in the nineties, but I think they did it by accident (laughs) because they wanted to show these two like straight up fucking, but they could not. (laughs) No, I suppose they couldn't. Yeah. I did see, um, the original script of this episode. I found it and there was a lot of redacted portions. And I assume that is the hot gay sex. (laughs) Wait a minute. You found the original (laughs) script? No. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, Gail, I uh, appreciate that you studied the text. You looked at everything and <laughs> came down on the side of this is higher for the generation. And I guess that's it for this week. So we will head out. And, uh... No, thanks. <laughs> okay. Well, let's take a break. This week's episode of the Melrose Place cast is generously supported by the following sponsor. Keeping the romance alive when you're in a bi-coastal long-distance romance isn't easy. You've got a lot working against you. Your job, your time zone differences, your boss who used to date your boyfriend who's trying to mess with your mind by offering you relationship advice, and of course, a lack of physical intimacy. Oh no, Mary. Don't do it. Oh, it's too late. Sure. It's not too late. You've meticulously plotted out. Go to Rhonda's Culinary Funk. Oh, you've plotted out times to purchase plane tickets on a spreadsheet. But come on, that's not spontaneous. Sometimes you just need to drop everything, and you know, what's the next best thing to the real thing? It's phone sex. But what's the worst part about it? Why the dressing up? Of course. Sure, he wants. (laughs) He wants to hear that you're in something slinky with buttons. Or zippers or something. But you just got home from work. You got a chicken pot pie in the oven. You got the VCR queued up to watch Days of Our Lives from today. You want to eat. You don't have patience for satin right now. You don't want to be flipping all over the couch. Well, I 
America's leader in soft, comfy clothes has got just the thing for you. All new Hanes for phone sex. <laughs> I get to This is a parody podcast. Hanes for phone sex is just like the Hanes you already love, but you're going to love this even more. It includes a complete line of oversized sweatshirts, very big sweatpants, and tube socks that are sure to make you feel like a glorious, comfortable blob. But wait, there <laughs> Hanes for phone sex also incorporates an innovative line of pockets. There are pockets in the pants, pockets in the sweatshirts, pockets in the tube socks, all to maximize your slovenly comfort. Just think of all the snacks, tissues, and TV remote control. Tissues? Tissues, when you've got a runny nose. You can totally (laughs) minimize the number of times you ever have to get up off the couch and get something. Plus, these can help you find fun new ways to answer questions like, is that a remote control in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? With Hanes for phone sex, the answer could be both. <laughs> Check out our insert in the coupon circular in your Sunday newspaper to find photos of these hot new designs. Get your eyes to feast on bold new color palettes like pale green, sage green, peach, light pink, and the most provocative of all, sweatshirt gray. You can also clip the coupon and save 3% off your first purchase by mail or phone. Don't take it to the store. <laughs> Haynes for phone sex because he doesn't really want to know what you're wearing. Oh my goodness. I, th- <laughs> I yes, yes, yes. <laughs> How do I get them? Well, you've got a couple of options because it's the 90s. So you're going to get that coupon out of the Sunday Circular. It's yeah, got yeah you can call so you can call and order that way or there's a little slip you can clip out and you mark which sizes you want and you enclose mm-hmm. a check for money order mm-hmm. no cod you have to pay mm-hmm. up front mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it doesn't exist so you can't get them online so you know what i was worried about right like this can't you can't call and order these that would be the worst customer service job ever <laughs> And people are calling and like, stats, I need jogging pants for phone sex immediately. Get me the peach ones. You know, sales would go up because of the impulse purchases. Yeah. Well, you but know, it, we're, hoping for, uh, we're hoping to get an infomercial on, too, for an as seen on TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, right? Yeah. Really, it would give people a chance to visualize what the hands for phone sex look like and how well they wear. You know, you want to see models moving around in them. You want to see someone sitting on the couch eating a frozen pizza. You really want to take the whole thing. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yes, that's the, or or at least say that you are. <laughs> fair enough. Fair. So enough. I I appreciate you know not just are you uh, coming up with a, a comfort based solution. Um, you're also encouraging bi-coastal uh, romantic partners to just lie to each other. You know, like, who needs honesty when you've got Nebraska in the way? God, right? No kidding. And, like, you you worked all day. All day. All, all day from easily, like, 10 to 3. And then you've got to – you're trying to get your chicken pot pie cooked in the oven. You're checking it so it doesn't burn, but you want mm-hmm. the pie to cook enough so the crust gets hard. And sure. then, Otherwise, and then, what's the point, really? person you love is calling you pestering you for that like sometimes something's got to give for Hanes for phone sex oh my goodness and tell me those color selections again oh my god they are provocative there are bold bold options like again peach 
Peach. Pale green. Sage green. Oh, I forgot to mention there's that country French blue that everyone loves in the 90s. You know the one I'm talking about. There's, that is- oh, do I ever. <laughs> uh, and again, our best seller so far has been the most provocative of all, and that is sweatshirt gray. Sweatshirt gray. Uh, listen, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the circular right now. <laughs> go dig that out of the recycling bin from 1994 and get mm-hmm. that. And we are back for the second half of season two, episode 20 of the Melrose Placecast. We are discussing parting glances. And in a change of format this week, we are only highlighting examples of high art for the generations. I'm Tej. Mm, I'm Mary and you're lying. <laughs> And I'm Ding Dong. <laughs> Gail is with us again. Mary, would you like to get us started with a, an example of trash that you found this week? I sure would. Uh, I called this one, at least Sydney didn't bring Michael another one of those lasagnas she makes. <laughs> the mayonnaise lasagna. <laughs> oh, it looked horrible, Gail. I can't remember if you were here for that one, but it was not a good looking lasagna. It was not. <laughs> it would keep indefinitely in the freezer, she said. So that's how you know. Ooh. Uh, Michael, Michael has overdosed last week and we see him in a hospital bed. Uh, Sydney stayed there overnight and the nurse is scolding her, but says, oh, okay, you can stay five more minutes. The nurse leaves and Michael is talking to himself in his stupor about, oh, he was drunk. If Kimberly dies, it's manslaughter. And he's asking Matt for help. And he is very carefully listening to this. He literally, you have the access, change the records. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, show. That was real, real slick. Um, Sydney comes back later and being a dick to her again and he's like you didn't even save my life I would have woken up and she's like oh okay uh, she follows the nurse out of the room and asks the nurse where are the blood records <laughs> and the nurse answers and says yeah those are in central files and Sydney says is it possible for me to see those <laughs> and then says no you have to work here to do that she's like my friend Matt works here Matt Fielding Oh, him and the nurse was like, wouldn't, oh. wouldn't that set off some alarms for someone? Wouldn't that? Well, you would think. Uh, so Sydney asked, well, could Matt go into those records? And the nurse is like, yeah, I suppose under certain circumstances. And Sydney says, oh, good. That's all I need to know. And she trots off. Later, come trotting back up back at work. And she's looking for Meanwhile, Michael. Meanwhile, the Matt's HR record now has a new flag on it. <laughs> In their MS-DOS track. Uh, so he says Michael checked out that morning because he said he was fine and wanted to go back to work. And so Cindy, oh, I'm glad I bumped into you since the crabby nurses won't tell me anything more about Michael. Uh, Matt tries to get away from her, but she keeps following him. And she's like, oh, it must be great to work here because you get access to all areas. Like emergency room, hospital computer systems. <laughs> Plus, you know, people to go have drinks with at lunch, like Michael. And Matt, uh, you know, Michael can't drink when he's on duty. And Sydney's like, oh, I suppose because they could test your blood alcohol right here. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you know, Michael, you get him anywhere near a bar and watch him knock back cocktails. And Matt makes a face. He's like, oh, I've never that. And she's like, well, you know what? If I didn't know any better, I'd say Michael was probably drunk the night of the accident. And, she giggles, and Matt tries to laugh back. And then she leaves and the smile goes right off his uh, We see Matt find Michael later. Uh, Michael is on administrative duty because of his pill addiction. And so he's fighting with a filing cabinet like he doesn't know how to close it. Uh, Michael or Matt asks, hey, did you ever tell Sydney about the accident? 
because uh, he ran into her and the conversation got weird. And Michael says, that's par for the course for Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt's like, you know, it's like she was baiting me about whether or not you were drinking. And, you know, he, she kind of hinted like, oh, do I have access to records? It's like she knew something. Michael's like, she's no rocket scientist. You're just being paranoid. And then Matt says she brought up the blood alcohol and Michael stops and he's like, uh, you know, did you give anything away? And Matt's like, no, I didn't give anything away. Nothing. Believe me. And Michael's like, well, fine. as long as you don't crack, we don't have a problem. Later, we see Michael again at work and Sydney brings him this big thing of soup. It's chicken with barley. Uh, he's exhausted. <laughs> home. He doesn't have time to eat soup. Uh, he doesn't know why she keeps thinking she knows what he likes or how he thinks. And she's like, the truth is, Michael, I know a lot about you. I'll tell you one thing I know about you. Someone should have told you never to drink and drive. And she smirks and she leaves and he looks concerned as he should. And I was like, Ooh, we're going on another Sydney caper already. I can't wait. If I remember right, this turns into blackmail, doesn't it? I mean, everything is blackmail with Sydney, right? <laughs> That's true. But yes, this was a, a fun little storyline that I forgot about. But it's very soapy and soupy. <laughs> No, <laughs> it's listen. It transitions so well to my high art points. I literally pick up where you oh, stop. Oh, oh, oh! What a coincidence! So I will yield and let let Gail weigh in. Gail, if you want to take this to talk about how Mary's wrong, I'm happy to let you do it. Thank you for the time. Um, I will not be talking about how Mary's <laughs> wrong because she is absolutely right. This is incredibly soapy. Um, I. It's just, it's just a little too much for me. I have to say, it's a little too wild of like somehow Matt a knows how to change it, but like can also this nurse is a little fucked up, being like, mm, yeah, I guess you could access that if you could <laughs> wanted to. It's just in this computer system. But to be honest, Sydney, of course it's in the fucking computer system. Where else would it be kept? Just like in vials down in the basement, in the dungeon? Like Okay, whoa, back off Sydney. First of all, she dropped out of five colleges. She doesn't know these things. Second of all, it was nineteen ninety-four. They may not have been digitizing their records yet. Yeah, they just kept his alcoholic blood in a vial. <laughs> like Or the results on a note card somewhere. Well, this is sounding I... more like a former employer. <laughs> <laughs> it just it's just a little too like this nurse was a little too happy to help after she like tried to kick her out of the room three times um and then matt is the only only one in this situation although matt was incredibly wrong um he's the only one that makes any sense of like shit this girl is on to us. Michael's like, she's just a little dumb bitch. She can't, she's not a rocket scientist. She can't do this. And then no one knows that Michael's the one who's like babbling on for a long time. When I have been high coming out of any surgery, <laughs> I guarantee you, I do not admit to manslaughter. I, <laughs> This is the farthest thing from what I talk about when you I come out of down. anesthesia. <laughs> okay. So, so here's I have the to thing. agree with Mary. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The setup to make it, to, to, to let Sydney be aware of what happened makes no logical sense. It, it was the most ham-handed, poorly written thing 
Um, I can imagine outside of Rhonda's character, to be frank. So, like, they just, (laughs) it made no sense. No, Michael would not have been muttering those things. Um, I do believe Sydney would have been as as slick in her mind as she thought she was being when she was not really being that. But the, the nurse also would not have said those things. So I will concede that ground. However, what became high art is when Matt was talking to Michael, and he explained, as, as Mary, as you said, we had a conversation, a weird one. <laughs> and this, this, this is the human condition, right? Like this is, this is what the human experience is like in, in these modern times. Jesus Christ. And, oh my God. Oh because, my God. hold on. Gail, I don't know if you're going to be able to relate to this as well, but we'll see. Imagine if um, there's a, uh, maybe a federal crime you've committed many times in your life. And as a joke, your friend keeps referencing it like, you know, you've been accused of arson or something. And we all laugh and joke like you didn't really do it. Um, but okay. you later realize like, this is getting really weird. I wonder if he noticed that I did leave for an hour on that Halloween and only came back uh, with a bag of Skittles. That smelled and... like lighter fluid. <laughs> oh, don't all, don't all Skittles, Skittles smell like an accelerant of some sort. Look, I'm just going to say, someone in my life told me that the way to start a fire if you don't want it to be traced back to you is to light a bag of chips on fire because the fire department can't trace that. I'm not going to say who. But, Who was? I, yeah, I don't know, Mary. But I have honestly one guess, and it, it's not anybody on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't talk about it because we're being recorded. However, I think when you when when someone is on to you in some way, if for whatever reason they're not really ready to just confront you with it, they'll do what Sydney did and just kind of give you all the reason to believe that they know or that they're 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 kind of um cueing in on it and then they'll just leave you in this confused stupor so even someone as innocent and pure as matt who has married committed many felonies more felonies than anyone else on this show so far what so okay so there's the blood alcohol what were the other ones he lied to an ins agent oh yeah yeah i forgot about that is that a felony because i lied to a lot of people can't, I can't Listen, promise I have never lied to an INS patient. He, he falsified a marriage. What else did Are he do? Sure there was something was... else. I kind of believe they were in love. No, no. He literally <laughs> said, don't go introducing yourself to people as my wife when the INS isn't around. <laughs> I mean, okay. He, he called that Latino boy essay. Yeah, he did do that. Yeah. That, that is a felony. That it was... is a felony offense. <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's that confused stupor of like oh shit i think i'm busted that um poorly written as it was to get to that moment that i thought was high art for the generation i feel like we've all been there in a moment where we're like oh shit <laughs> you know yeah i cannot relate sorry no what you know what again it's uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you're the purest among us among us i i know i because I'm so young and youthful. Yeah. Well, as, as a millennial as well, fellow fellow kid, I, I must agree. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Well, Gail, did you have any other any other trashy? I believe we're on a trashy point now, right? I think that's. I <laughs> cannot wait because I can't believe that neither of you have brought this up because <laughs> my entire trashy point is this boat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know if this boat. I don't know how long it's been here. I don't know who the fuck Reed is. I don't know why. I, Amanda gave Reed money, it seems. I a lot of questions around this, but this boat is too much for me to handle. It is too trashy. There is I was explaining this to my boyfriend because I was like, I'm on this podcast again. Like this is what I'm gonna talk about. And hold I on, told is, him is, hold on. Are you at all worried that it is the, the the fact that you're a recurring guest on the podcast that has attracted this gentleman caller to you? Jesus. No, he <laughs> legitimately told me he stopped listening and that he didn't care and I was like I know but I still want to tell you about this um, <laughs> okay so my first my first two lines of my notes is who the fuck is this boat guy and then just what because <laughs> we opened this entire episode to Joe with a guy on a boat and Reed, I love that Reed, for her. Reed, yes, and yeah. I figured out his name is Reed. Yes, so Joe and Reed are on this boat. They wake up, and it's going to be a nice morning. And Joe's like, I'm going to go make coffee. So she wanders into the kitchen, can't <laughs> find the little coffee carafe thing. It's not in the right spot or something. Finds it on the table. Weird spot for it. Um, And then drags it off the table in a way that she has to drop his keys which i do also have to say it seems like it's one key attached to one key fob um so she drags it it's on the floor she gets she's like what could this possibly be it doesn't make coffee then instead like a true crazy person just picks up the key fob and clicks it because I don't, and I have to say, you know, I'm a little young. I did not have a car in the 90s. I don't know if there were key fobs for them. There were I don't not. Know. There were not. Okay. Okay. So this was, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think that my first instinct when picking up a key fob is to just be like, what does this fucking do? So no, you would, you would, I think you would have assumed it was an alarm in the 90s. Does that feel okay. right, Mary? I think so. Yeah. Because those were really not. I don't remember that being a common thing at all. So is what you guys would have done in the 90s? Pick it up and click it? No. No, I don't. Especially not if I was trying to be stealthy. Yeah. So she picks it up, clicks it, and then a trap, a carpeted trap door pops up on this boat. I had to pause it. I had to take a break. It was too much for me. I was like, this is... This is too much. And then, of course, I was like, I too don't much even art. know too much she's going to find. She's going to find drugs. Like, of course, what else would she find? So she goes over. Okay, well, hold, on, hold on. Was that clear to, you, clear to you without knowing Reed's backstory? Absolutely. What else would he hide in this trap door? Uh, you don't have Women? statues? Snapshots. <laughs> The only reason I say this because I just got done watching Outer Banks season two. I don't know if you guys are watching. Wonderful. They hide a lot of weird gold and stuff. It's a very piratey treasure show. And even then, I knew it was going to be drugs. Like, it, he doesn't have pirate treasure down there. Like, <laughs> um, so she goes over to this trap door. She lifts it up just a bit, apparently not enough so she can see. 
And Reed comes over, stomps it down very aggressively. Yeah. Um, and all she said was, oh, you startled me. Um, as if it wasn't like <laughs> incredibly rude of him to do that. Um, and yeah. then he's like, she's like, what is in there? And he's like, just some valuables I don't want to take on and off the boat every time I leave, which <laughs> fine, like, sure. I didn't realize at this point that he wasn't the owner of this boat. No. Um, no. Because then it seems a little weirder. But also, it is the biggest lie. Like, it just sounds like a lie. Um, what valuables would this man in dress like that have? Um, <gasps> Gail! <laughs> oh my goodness. I didn't know we were coming for a class warfare attack right now. <laughs> he looks that pretty- is... Okay, fine. I'll let you have that one. I was wrong. I do not mean to be classist, but this man does not look like he has got value. <laughs> okay. Oh, I don't mean to be classist, but let me double down. <laughs> <laughs> the right call, Gail. I support you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, so then we learn that, well, I learn, I'm sure you all knew, that Jake and Reed are in business together. Jake pops up um, and is like, are we getting ready for the charter tomorrow? Uh, and Reed's like, mm, no, the owner needs it, so I canceled it. Jake gets mad. Jake storms off. <laughs> and But like, understandably because it's a very weird reason to just be like well the owner decided he needed it so I had to cancel and like I don't know why Jake also doesn't know the owner if he thinks he works for him whatever but we go on um Joe comes back I don't know I don't know Joe's job I thought she worked with the advertising thing but she seems to just kind of like wander around but she wanders back to this boat um (laughs) And I really did write, Joe is a boat slut, and I love that. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> she, she comes back to the boat, and she's like, so why does the owner need to use it for today? And Reed is like, well, the owner decided to, to reschedule, so I'm just going to go on a cruise. And Joe's like, where are you going to cruise to? And he's like, well, maybe Catalina Island, blah, blah, blah. And Joe is like, well, can I come? The world won't come to a halt if I miss a day. Um, so Reed, like an idiot, is like, yeah, of course. Um, which then we show up to the another insane part of this. It's very trashy. That he, they're just spending the night free-floating out at sea. Is that um, wrong? Yeah, that you don't just fl- free-float out at sea, especially, like, the ocean. Like, Lake well, Superior, you don't. And- <laughs> wait a minute. Why, first, we don't, we don't give geographic references, but why not? Because you could, could go- float anywhere. You just Well, yeah, but then you, then you turn on your map. But what if you run into something? Also, you don't turn on maps in the 90s, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, sorry. I didn't, I didn't live a, a life of international yachting in the 90s quite yet (laughs) oh well i did so uh, (laughs) okay continue they're spending the night out at sea which isn't a red flag to joe um but this is where i had to write down the entire conversation because it was so fucking amazing um they're out at sea 
at night and Reed says, sometimes I'm so amazed. Joe says, yeah, by what? Uh, Reed, I don't know, by how quickly things can turn around. And Joe leans over, says, oh, that kind of amazed. <laughs> the kind that's enhanced by a bottle of wine and a few stars in the sky. They are on a wicker love seat on a houseboat <laughs> off the coast of L.A. Oh <laughs> he just Take- got out of jail, though, so this is a valid i just i don't know i i didn't know that i just joe's response (laughs) joe's like joe's a bitch oh the kind of amaze that you can that's enhanced by a bottle of wine (laughs) just enjoy the night and then they go on to say they love each other um which was a little a little weird um i don't know how long they're together but it was like "I i love you joe and she's like I'm just glad you said it first because I love you. When it comes um, right to the heart, you know, when you hear that. Have we said how Joe got together with Reed yet? <laughs> For Gail? I, I don't no, think- I have no idea. Would you like to do that or would you like me to? Go ahead. Let, let's do a 30 second version. How, how will that sound? Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. So Joe went to her class reunion. Do you want to guess where her class reunion was? Uh, was it a prison? Yeah. It was in San Francisco, although the show the whole time it said Joe's from New York. So we still don't understand why her classroom is in San Francisco. It was also in the middle of winter, okay. January, uh, which was confusing. Oh, she went to her class reunion and that's where she saw Reed because they went to high school together and they, they hooked up at their class reunion. And he followed mm-hmm. her back to Los Angeles and just showed up one day in the courtyard and scared the shit out of her. And then he's moved in. Wow. <laughs> I you see make a it lot sound of so red bad. flags here. <laughs> um, okay, I'm still okay, going okay. with my trashy. This entire plot, this whole boat. I'm sorry, it's a long trashy thing. Oh, no. But so they go to bed. Joe's sleeping away. She wakes up to voices from the deck. Why she woke up so slowly to this? But she doesn't. She's like Reed's gone. She hears voices. Reed is getting ba- three bags of drugs. I want you to remember that he gets three bags of drugs from this cute little boat that pulls up. They're like talking very loud for passing drugs in the middle of the ocean. Um, Reed quickly hides just two bags. I don't know what happened to the third bag, but he only had two of them. Um, in the On the deck, Joe comes out and is like, why did I hear people? Um, which I thought was very a very good question and he's like oh a boat just came too close and joe does not apparently understand that they are in the middle of the ocean they're not at a harbor they're not any there's, not, there's only one other boat you can possibly see she looks she could that see was... the lights on these boats but i digress um yes, i'm digressing to uh so jake comes in and is like I figured out that the boat's not even registered. Joe is defensive. But she, she's realizing she's about to get screwed again. So she goes back to the boat. She finds out that Reed is in the shower. Um, and immediately she's like, well, the obvious thing I need to do is look into this trap door that <laughs> Reed doesn't want me to look into. 
if you're watching along to with if you're watching along with us while we go through this podcast you will probably have noticed that while she was she clicked it she took her long ass time to actually open it but she clicked it went over there the shower isn't running anymore we can all hear that he's out of the shower and getting dressed but she apparently cannot i didn't Um, hear that (laughs) yeah there was no shower in the background um go back and give it a little listen there tej um so she this is my favorite part though because she's kneeling on the edge of this trap door that she can reach in just to her elbow she doesn't reach in very far and pulls out a brick of cocaine like like and like a big brick too it's in it's wrapped in plastic and whatever but it's also in like a legal size envelope um so she she picks it up she unwraps it a little bit sniffs it like takes a chunk of it too to sniff not all of it was like a little weird but then she realizes that it's cocaine and then she puts it away and then she pulls out two more bricks and like she realizes there's like a fuck ton of cocaine in there and i i don't know she stands up reed comes in reed sees it happening she goes why do you have drugs in there? Which she just got straight to the point. I, I do like that, that she didn't even be like, I wasn't looking. Um, but Reed just fucking whacks her. She winds up and full on cold cocks her. Oh. And she is out cold on the floor of this houseboat. Um, I don't, I, I think they're back at the harbor, I assume. Um, And then he drags her and shoves her into this compartment that, if we remember, she only had to reach to her elbow to find the cocaine, (laughs) but it pans down, and she is living a comfortable life in this container (laughs) underneath the deck. Uh, And that's when we all leave, because Joe could be killed, um, but there's no way that 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 spot is big enough for Joe and all the cocaine and all the ropes that she was laying on when she was down there. Um, and that my friends concludes my reenactment of the trashiest point in this whole thing, which is the boat that Joe is getting whacked on. Okay. A couple things. First of all, the boat's name is pretty lady. I did see that too. Uh, I didn't want to mention how also trashy that was. Okay. Second, here's here, <laughs> you you built to it at the end, but Mary, Gail made the point for me that this is high art for the generations, because millennials love tiny houses, and uh, she just said Joe's living her comfortable life down there. I'm sorry. I don't think you actually get another point in this episode. I think we have <laughs> done. We are done with the high art points. <laughs> I'm, listen, I think you accidentally made my argument for me is what I'm saying. So I accept it. I accept it. Mm. Thank you. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Mary, anything? Did we lose Mary? We did. She, who knows how long she's been gone. Oh, God. She's been gone. <laughs> okay. Well, let's finish this. Oh, she this. can still hear us. She can still hear us. Okay. She's... She, <laughs> I well, I believe Mary just texted us and said, "Wow, Gail, that was the best point 
um, of how this show is just trashy. And uh, she's, I don't think she's putting us in group chat. She's just, just that's me. funny. But she no, did say. I got a message from Mary that says, oh my goodness, <laughs> Gail helped me realize my whole argument this whole time has been wrong. I concede the show is over. That, mm, that's a lot. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> Just in time. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. I heard everything you said, Gail, and then I started responding, and I realized no one was responding to me. So I apologize oh. for whatever happened. But, so I did not send any texts of that nature. That is a lot. <laughs> well... Yeah, I have to say, I love so much that when you come by only every 10 episodes or so, and <laughs> you have to say things like, where's Kimberly? Why is Billy in New York? Who cares? Because <laughs> yeah. it, it reminds me just how fast things happen. This whole thing with Reed, who's now one of the loves of Joe's life, this is only his <laughs> fifth episode. Fifth episode. And now he's got her hostage kidnapped. He's got Amanda and Jake financially entwined with the pretty lady we still don't know anything about the owner of the boat if that's legitimate and i just i have to say from here it looks like reed's got a weak heart that's all i can see (laughs) (laughs) maybe we should invite gail back for reed's last episode no spoilers (laughs) she might enjoy it (laughs) i i might i decided um that probably after this I will be writing down where each person is um, so that I can reference it next time. Well, if I'm invited back next time um, so I can remember everybody's name. Cause it does take me a little while to remember everybody's name, but also remember what's happening in their life. So hopefully in 10 episodes, I can remember Reed's name. Um, check you in won't, with you Matt won't, about you won't need to, you won't no. need to on that one either. Yeah. Both of those are going to be okay. Here's the thing. If you do that, Gail, you're already putting more effort into it than the writers did. I know, but it takes me, my my poor little brain. I don't have brain power for this. No, nor should you. That's what I tell Mary every time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Okay. Did anyone notice anything else that you would like to draw attention to in a wrap-up summary? Um. I liked when Billy and that lady Andrea were out for dinner and he was talking about how hard it is to order in delis in New York if you don't know what you want right away because they make you feel like the biggest moron that ever walked the earth. And I wrote, no, that's just you, Billy. (laughs) I, well, okay. I'm glad you brought that up because I also felt that when I went to New York that I did feel like a moron when they asked me what I would like and I was still 25 feet away from the menu um <laughs> but i had to tell them and so i bought a 12 dollar bagel that day it was the best bagel of my life and i don't regret it but i did feel like a moron and i was like wow i do not belong on the east coast they're fast We're they are fast. very fast out there i'm not fast and i don't get why they're so fast i mean there's lots of places <clears throat> to like calm down it's fine sorry <laughs> We only have like two places to get a bagel. We're not all freaking out. It's fine. (laughs) I also like uh, when Michael was in the hospital eating Jello and Sydney came in and then Sydney was leaving and tried to give him a kiss on the cheek, but he put up his hand to block her. (laughs) It was cute. (laughs) Um, I enjoyed the, just the look of the bird who caught the, the cat who caught the bird on Sydney's face when she realized she figured it out and 
um, had something that she could lord over both Michael and Matt. And I don't know what she's going to blackmail Matt for, to be frank. I think I kind of remember, but I'm not going to say. Okay. All right. Might be, I might be mixing up my plot lines, but. Is I she going to marry Matt? I mean, he's gotten married to a lady before. Who knows? You know? <laughs> I, Gail, I love that too. <laughs> that I don't, I didn't know that he was married. Yeah. When we referenced I, his wife. Oh. I did not. Um, you... I have one thing I enjoyed. <laughs> just, just one? Just, just the one. Um, and Mary did talk about this. And it was Allison like showing up at Billy's apartment. And Andrea peeking around. And she storms off back to the elevator. And uh, Billy chases her. And I wrote this down because Billy was like, if you're not staying, what are you even doing here? And Allison just goes, leaving. <laughs> it's a good answer. And it was just, yes, snaps on you, Allison. Great breakup. I know it's going to go on forever. Maybe in 10 episodes it won't. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I just really liked that that was the comeback of, what are you doing here? Leaving. So just just wait, Gail, until you come back for a special episode and you find out that Allison is now Billy's mother-in-law. <laughs> I don't know if my my brain can handle that. I here's something I that jumped out to me that I appreciated, and Mary, it's going to validate something you said last week because oh. the storyline for the first three episodes um, with Reed is that he's a con man and he's trying to get people to invest in his fake business. And Amanda says, he gives me the creeps. I don't like him. I'm not interested. And then last week, for no apparent reason, Amanda decides to not only to want to invest in his business, but want to fight Joe for it so that Amanda, not Joe, gets to do it. Um, and Mary, last week you clocked how much that didn't make any sense since Amanda had been creeped out by Reed before and didn't like it. And now this week we're back to... Um, both Amanda and Jake not liking Reed, even though last week they were all in. Yeah, they go back and forth on that a lot. It's a little inconsistent. Yeah, it's the one they inconsistency. Seem like... <laughs> <laughs> they seem like a good power couple at this point, though. Amanda Jake, and Jake. not having not having many many powers, but like he <laughs> says, you know, <laughs> I didn't like the way Reed said this, and Amanda's like then I'm getting my money back. <laughs> and they storm down there together. Um, like, it doesn't take much. Like, if he, if Jake was like, I, you know, I ate a cold fry from McDonald's, Amanda would be like, I'm suing. And <laughs> saunter her little ass down there. And it's just very, like, a nice little power couple. <laughs> now, Gail, since you've been gone, Jake worked with the FBI, did a sting, and got Amanda's daddy thrown in jail. They broke up. Jake got back together with Joe, um, but now they're back to being a power couple, the two of them. Wow. Well, yeah. I was wondering what happened. Month. I knew that I knew that uh, Amanda's dad was not going to be great for Jake, um, but I didn't realize, you know, that he worked with the FBI for that. I feel like it's a little above Jake's brain power, but. Well, not just that. Billy told Jake to just tell the FBI to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, they, if you tell them I'm not gonna help, they just leave me alone. Bye. Oh, and Billy and uh, is this the, is this the same Billy 
that back way back in season one, episode ten was like all for more cops. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Didn't Billy and Amanda hook up before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just I. This is a web. Of, this is a crazy little web. <laughs> I would like to point out too that it makes Tuge very uncomfortable when we call Amanda's dad daddy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Amanda's daddy is in jail. That's good, to, good to know. Oh, dad. No, he, he's on the lam. He, he took off, so they can't find him. Whoa. Is, are, is he going to come back? Should I have He'll, him in my, in my role call? Keep him, keep, keep him in the old noggin. But I think we should wrap up for this week. All right. Okay. <laughs> but it's such a pleasure talking. Oh, Thank you so much we for did. Y'all, I appreciate you coming here and, and giving it to Teej and telling him this is trash because he won't listen to me. She helped oh. me too. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I guess. It, was, it, it, is, it is hard, though. I have to say that. It's hard to help Teej. I try to be a little unbiased, but it's... Here in 1994... All over America, young 20-somethings have the hottest new bit of technology. 50 CD disc changers, now for your car. Do you remember, Mary, how it took up the whole trunk? <laughs> I do. <laughs> and now we have the newest CD, this week's sponsor. Now that's what I call music, Melrose Place, the Reed Carter edition. Whoa, whoa. Look, Look, if you only have five spots in your disc changer, you're not going to do the... Now, that's what I call music. Melrose Place Reed Carter Edition. I get it. But if you've got 50 in your trunk and literally cannot bring groceries home, <laughs> you're going to want to add this one to your Melrose Place. Now, that's what I call music collection. The Reed Carter Edition, it has all the best songs. Mary, can I tell you just about just, just some of them? Just tell me, like, the CD version of Side A. So, well, of course, there is no such thing as that. But here's the right off the bat. Track one, Mary. Total Eclipse of My Heart by Bonnie Tyler. Oh, <laughs> what a hit. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. It's fantastic. People love it. People love it. And you play that when your disc changer, as you know, when it changes from disc 38 to 39, it takes about 30 seconds and makes a loud clunky noise that makes people think there's something wrong with your brakes. <laughs> it really is the height of technology and so useful. So useful. But then comes track two. And now we're dealing with one hit wonder Jan Arden. And do we have her one hit? No, but instead we have one of the follow-ups nobody listens to. It's called Give Me Back My Heart. Oh, wow. What uh -huh. a Yep. And then we transition straight to the 90s icon herself, Madonna, with Thief of Hearts. <laughs> I sense a theme here. There's a theme. And now, of course, we're going gay with track four. Don't Go Breaking My Heart with Elton John and RuPaul. Oh, oh, that's just a timeless classic. A timeless classic. Track five, My Heart Belongs to Me by none other than Barbara Streisand, because we're still super gay right now. <laughs> Look, it was Don't Ask, Don't Tell in the military, but not in your 50-disc CD changer. 
Yeah, that's it. Track six by Eddie Rabbit. Do you remember Eddie Rabbit? I sure do. You do? Yeah. Someone could lose a heart tonight. Oh, oh, that sounds painful. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. It was, it was real bad. <laughs> but then, of course, we have Neil Young singing Only Love Can Break Your Hearts in a song that turns out not to be true. <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't a science-based song. Mm-hmm. And now, that's what I call music. Melrose Place, the Reed Carter edition. The hits just keep coming because we have Shape of My Heart by Sting. Oh, a left turn. All right. A left turn for sure. That's where it goes. Now, of course, then we need a little, we, we all, as we all need, we need a little Whitney Houston, Where Do Broken Hearts Go? Oh my God, that's a timeless question too. We don't know. A good question. A timeless but good question. Then we're going to transition a little bit to Quarter Flash singing Heart in My Heart. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, God. Now, the- there are just so many hits packed into this. There's so many hits. Mary, there's more. We've got Pat what? Benatar up next. Oh, my God. You got Pat? Heartbreaker. Oh, Stone Cold Classic. Oh, yes. And then, of course, everybody's favorite country music superstar from 1992, Billy Ray Cyrus. Before oh. he was before he was fathery. Miley, never mind. Achy, breaky heart. We've got it on the track. Oh, my God. Did I ever tell you my high school marching band performed Achy, breaky heart and did the dance on the football field? What a moment of honor for me and all the other young people of 1994 to hear this song again on the Reed mix. Yeah. Now, then we're going to go with Dolly Parton with Heartbreaker, her own version. And then, of course, you didn't think you were going to hear Britney, did you? No. Has she even been born yet? Yes. 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 (laughs) (laughs) With from the bottom of my broken heart. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Mary, the divas are here. For the record, that does not include Britney Spears, and I will argue that point to anyone. Any gay who is listening that wants to argue that point, I will argue the point. Britney does not count as a diva, but she should be free. What, Mary? I'm sure they will argue with you, and I do not want to be involved. But carry on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, tag me at X Topher. Just kidding. Um, the, the next comes Aretha Franklin singing "Cold, Cold Heart," followed Ooh. immediately by Dionne Warwick with "Heartbreaker." And Mary, it just keeps coming faster and faster. "Unbreak My Heart" by Tony Braxton. Oh my God, a karaoke classic. Unbreak my heart. I'll say you love me again. By the way, it's karaoke. 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 What? Mary, there's two songs left. There's two songs left. You got to hear them. Okay. <laughs> My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Oh, of course that's on. My right. Heart Will Go On Even by that- Celine Dion. And Mary, this CD ends with the most perfect song to wrap up disc 39 before we move into disc 40 and your trunk CD changer. Do you know what it is, Mary? Oh my God, there's so many amazing possibilities. I don't even know what to guess. This one is by the band Extreme. Mm. The song, Wholehearted. The hole in my heart that can only be filled by you. <laughs> there is so much heart music. In, now that's what I call music, Melrose Place, the Reed Carter edition. 
you have got to order yours today. Oh my God, how can I get it? Yeah, so you're going to, we have a special deal. Ooh. If you send us one penny, we will send you nine Melrose Place CDs. <laughs> Are they all the same DVD or CD? No, 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 they're all now, that's what I call music. Melrose Place edition, each based on a different character. This is the Reed Carter edition. Oh my God. Yep, what if yep. I want the Reed Carter edition though? What? Say that again? What if I only want the Reed Carter edition? Can I just get nine of those? Uh, no, you will, you will get the other ones and you'll just throw them away. Oh, okay. Because I don't have any room in my 50 disc changer. Full. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure you don't. But <laughs> listen, our dear listeners, they got to get this CD. They got to pump it into their trunk. Oh, pump it in that trunk. I think we just ran out of steam. <laughs> what a I, great the 50 disc thing. <laughs> like, how wildly inefficient. And, like, honestly, how many people had 50 CDs you needed to have with you that you might need at any time, but slowly could take a while to look? Like, well, that's the missing piece, right? A lot of people had that many CDs, but no, you didn't need them all loaded in, they were just showing off. Yes. I don't need to have constant access to the Jurassic Park soundtrack on CD. Like that one can stay at home. Most <laughs> of them can stay at home. You need about three. Three would have done it for me. But, you know, we don't have this problem anymore because everyone just has a 50 disc changer in their car now. <laughs> it's the future and the future is now. Oh, the future is now. The future is bright. The future is the read man. So wait, seriously, how how long does this show go on? How many episodes are there? <laughs> Man, I told you this, right? So it goes to season seven of the original run, but then there's the re- the reboot season. So there's how many reboot seasons? Just the one so far. So far. Okay. But there's also, but then Mary, there's the the Amazon has the true story of Melrose Place movie that we should cover. Oh God, how long? Yeah, and and. Uh, Models Inc. has to be covered too. Wait, what the hell is Models Inc.? It, it's a two-season spinoff. Of what? What do they? Of, of Melrose Place from the lady from Dynasty was on it, I think. The lady from Dynasty, my God, this was like a whole industry. And I do think nine hundred two one zero to get to understand where this show came from is probably worth exploring. I I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> and then when Allison left, she went to Ellie McBeal. Does it have anything to do with the contents of Melrose Place? I just feel like, how, do you really want to be an expert in this or not? I mean, I think you know the answer to that. Okay, so we're in for all of it. <laughs> oh, God. 